0: So we are very excited to have one of our fave authors of all time Ashley Winstead with us today. How are you today Ashley? Hi I'm so happy to be here with you both and thank you for that.
1: <laughs> yeah so before you got on here Nicole and I were like freaking out we're like is this really gonna happen? Yeah. We're like having a fangirl moment we're, <laughs> we're, and we're talking about that in my dreams is both like one of our favorite books of the year. We're like kind of twisted. So what does that say about us? (laughs) Mm I know
2: this says you're my people and that (laughs) 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 clearly
1: you're. we're among
2: twisted friendship circles. Uh, Thank you so much. That, that means the world to me.
0: Uh, Coming up with questions to actually like ask you was hard because like, I feel like we could ask you so many things. Um, So first of all, You actually studied abroad with one of our mutual friends that we work with. Shout out to Kristen. Um, She is an avid podcast listener. So what was it like studying abroad and where did you go? What were you studying?
2: Mm, yes, um, studying is a very like loosely applied term to what we were up to <laughs> for that that semester. So I met Kristen when we were both in a study abroad program, and our mutual universities sent us um, to Edinburgh, Scotland. So that's where we. Um, met and became very fast friends and went out to all the Scottish nightclubs and occasionally went to school. I know for a fact that I did go to class because I recently went back to the United Kingdom and went back to Edinburgh with my husband Um, and I did recall when we went to the University of Edinburgh campus I was like okay I remember the library like I remember these classrooms clearly I was there Um, but there was there were a lot of shenanigans.
0: Oh my gosh. Were you studying to be a writer or like, what was that like? Yeah,
2: I actually was. I was like, I've, I've wanted to be a writer and have been trying to be a writer my entire life, basically with the exception of 10 years where I gave up. Um, But this, at that point in my life, when I was, I was still young and in college. Yeah, I was, I was studying English. I was studying art history, I, that's that was my double major in undergrad, and I was concentrating on creative writing. So, mm-hmm. um, at the University of Edinburgh, I was drawn to that program actually because they just have fabulous English classes and faculty. So I was like studying Shakespeare with renowned Shakespeare scholars and wow. and things like that. So it was pretty cool.
1: That's amazing. That's yeah, so. When cool. I went to class, <laughs> yes. yeah, <then> you went. <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. So you said you did, you quit for 10 years. I'm so happy that you came back. Yes. Thank goodness.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I, um, it was actually right after college. I, um, (laughs) it is a long story that I will condense to a very, very short story. And just to say that all my life, again, I wanted to be a writer, I think because I had only been exposed to academic paths to writing, um, you know, going to college and studying with creative writing professors, I thought that my next step on the journey was to go get my MFA. Mm-hmm. So I applied my senior year of college to, I want to say like a dozen MFA programs across the country and just was summarily rejected from all of them, including wow. my own alma mater at the time. The, the school I was attending was like, no, Aww. Bye. um we don't want you and that was a that was such a gutting experience that I didn't write for 10 years because I internalized that so deeply as um kind of the world telling me that it wasn't for me and I wasn't a writer so Wow, it took so a long time. Long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really, so I really regret it now. I, I mean, obviously, clearly, but a lot of times people will say things like, oh, well, hard, I face hardship, but you know, it made me the person I am today. And like, sure, that's true. I had cool experiences. Like I got my PhD. I worked in the entertainment industry. Like I got some life experience under my belt that I can write about, but I deeply regret that I took that rejection and let it shape me. Yeah. Um, and so, if writers are listening to this, <laughs> yeah. Um, just do not do what I did. Like resist and be defiant.
0: Love that. That's amazing. amazing. Um, and if you can tell us, because we definitely do have some writers and avid readers that listen and want to be writers. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like your process? Like, what do you start with? Are you always thinking of things and keeping notes and everyone's so different.
2: Yeah. Um, you, you've caught me in a very interesting time in my process because my process that I've used to write the last five books, four of which have been published, um, or, you know, will be published. Is no longer working for me. So I'm at like a weird transition period where I need to figure out a whole new process, like a whole new thing that works for me. My old process was I wrote all the time, no breaks, like 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, you know, once I was able to turn to this full time, and I started with meticulous character development and plotting, like we're talking 42 to 50 page outlines of books like as detailed as I possibly could um and and then I'd start drafting and that was my like wham bam thank you ma'am I did it the exact same way queen of routine for every book and it was fabulous like it got results and you know like and by that I mean words on the page Mm -hmm. um and now I am trying so hard to do that with my next book the one that I that I announced actually this past week Mm-hmm. Um, midnight is the darkest hour. I'm in the process of writing that book. because it's the first one I've ever sold on proposal without it being finished first. Wow. Um, so happy to talk about that. Cause that's kind of cool. Yes. Just like, I didn't know that you could do that before I, <laughs> I started being in this <laughs> industry. Um, but yeah, it's not working for me anymore.
1: Wow. So
2: I need to like dip into crystals or like numerology or, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I need to like sage burning or something. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Some other process basically. I, I, but I finally am at peace with the idea that what works for you as a creative person changes and you have to be like open to evolving.
0: Wow. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Everyone's so good. I have, I don't have a very good answer for you for (laughs) that. No, that's a good answer.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, it's very interesting because I've read two of your books in my dreams I hold an eye and of course fool me once which they're two like totally different books like if I if your name wasn't on the cover I don't know that I would know that it was the same author in a good way
0: I mean I've they're both amazing that makes me
1: very happy
2: that's like such a huge compliment <laughs> yes
0: yeah, so the yeah, last so housewife in is insane <laughs> insane um, I'm I was literally messaging you and I was like, holy cow, I'm not going to sleep. And really it was just, it was so hard to get to sleep. But once I, once I fell asleep, I was fine. I was so nervous. I'd have nightmares, but it's like, it's amazing. I, I don't want to give anything away, but every single book that I've read from you is awesome. So thank you. Um, and that. That makes me so happy. I was worried
2: about giving you nightmares because my editor, when I turned the the book in originally, said she had nightmares reading (laughs) it, and I felt really guilty, but also maybe a little bit proud. I don't know, Um, but mostly guilty and like worried. Like, what have I done? What have I written? Um, Oh, it's great. (laughs) Well, but it's that thing where, kind of like what you said, Kayla. Like every book has been very different from the last one my routine has been the exact same, but the, the, like, books themselves have been different, so I, yeah, um, I'm proud of that, but I also,
0: (laughs) how, like, someone so sweet and kind, like, you thinks of things that are in The Last Housewife, like, I don't, how did that happen?
2: It's because I channel it all into my writing, so (laughs) that, like, what's left over is, Like I can be kind because I've already put all the gruesome parts of my brain, um, you you know, on the page. That's why crime fiction writers like that. That's a, it's an actual, like, it's a saying, it's a, it's a thing that's known in the publishing industry that the sweetest people are the like crime fiction and horror writers. You would think it would be the romance community, like romance writers. Um, Definitely not true. It's the, it's the crime fiction people they're like get it they get it all out on the page mm-hmm.
1: and I know I have to get my hands on the last house so I find my net galley request is still pending um but between Nicole and then Eliza Jane Brazier I think her quote was something like I can't believe they let her write that like so I'm like I need to read it like that should be on the back of the book I can't believe they let her write
2: um yes I I'm like very I I sent it to Eliza to um to ask her beg her to blurb the book um and so we haven't like started releasing the blurbs yet but her blurb is just every time I look at her blurb I'm like oh my gosh uh, that is way too generous and um yeah I I don't know I will say that I wrote um, The Last Housewife, much like I wrote In My Dreams I Hold a Knife, which was like kind of in a fever dream state, which is pretty much had been the norm for me with thrillers. Mm-hmm. So writing romantic comedies are a struggle for me, like from a craft perspective, because I care so much about landing the jokes and getting the, the wording right. And there's so much we have to do to create tension um, mm-hmm. from like the ordinary situation of two people being together. But with thrillers, you writers get kind of like a, a leg up because the premise of, of most thrillers is usually like very dramatic and already giving you good stuff to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's hard to make murder boring. But um, where was I going with this? I don't even remember where I was going with this. Oh, so I, I like wrote The Last Housewife in a fever dream, turned it into my editor and was like, here's my second book in my contract. Um, and then... I sat back and remembered like the book that I had written and all the different parts of it. And I was like, Oh my God, they're not going to let me publish this. Like they are going to kick it back. Um, And I actually not to turn this into like a therapy session or anything, but I still don't know if like writing a book that dark is commercially the best move or is like the best, just because You know, as a commercial fiction writer, you're trying to write for as many people as possible. Mm. Um, You know, in a lot of in a lot of senses, if you have ambitions like I do of like being read by a lot of people, which I will like fully admit to those ambitions. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, oh, a dark book that my mother was like, no, I refuse to like read this. (laughs) Oh yeah. I don't know if that was the best move for me career-wise, but you know, (laughs) what can you do?
0: It was just so. It's so addicting like it's like sickeningly addicting which is kind of it goes along with the book like how that book is and how the characters are so it's just interesting that's what I've been thinking I'm like 60% done I'm like trying to slowly cut chunks out so that it doesn't end because it's just I'm I am really enjoying it so thank you Yeah. I won't say any spoilers, of course. No spoilers. (laughs) Um, so we were going to ask you about which genre is the easiest for you to write and it's thrillers. It's, it's not.
2: Yeah. It's thrillers. Yeah. And if you would have asked me a few years ago, what, what genre writer I was, I would say like, Oh, a YA fantasy writer. First of all, (laughs) um, (laughs) that's what I used to write Mm -hmm. and, uh, probably a romance writer. And then oh. thrillers is like the thing that I stumbled, the genre I stumbled into mm-hmm. and found like a weird, like it weirdly fit my brain and how it works. Um, yeah. And then again, romantic comedies, I work so hard at those jokes. <laughs> like I, I literally it. read my entire book, Fool Me Once um, out loud to my sister, who's just a few years younger than me so that I could A, hear, hear it out loud um and like work on the cadence and everything of the language and also be just see whether my jokes were landing and if they
1: weren't I went back and to the manuscript and just like edited the heck out of it that's a good idea and I am a thriller reader like if I have to sit down and I had to like pick one genre for the rest of my life it would definitely be psychological thrillers like that's just my jam Rom-com is like I will read them obviously sometimes you need a break from the dark crazy twisted (laughs) books Um, but I will say having a messy heroine and just kind of like you know in Fool Me Once she wasn't the typical main character you know she's messy and she wasn't that perfect character who has it all figured out and is just waiting to stumble into love you know and that really helped me right from the beginning. I was like, oh, I can relate to that.
2: (laughs) I like that
1: so much because that is
2: exactly why I wrote that book. Like, that's why I I was so driven to write that book. It was about Lee and her messiness and wanting to see a character like her um, be the center of a romantic story and also, you know, not be like punished or um, I don't know, just deserve, uh, get love um mm-hmm. after obviously she works on herself and has like a lot of healing that she does the, but only at her own speed and never being pressured by anyone else and yeah. um I just I crave messy women that's like what I like to surround myself with yes. what I've got in my brain and what I'm <laughs> in my friend circle um <laughs> and yeah it's like I love fleabag shows like fleabag movies like train wreck I just love oh my gosh yes yeah, non-traditional romance stories, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, That's definitely more relatable. We've all made mistakes in our life. Lo- like nobody's, per- nobody's perfect. As I like quote Miley Cyrus, "It's fine." Um, <laughs> so she can't yeah. have been the first to say that. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So tell us about. Okay, so you have "Midnight Is the Darkest Hour." You've released that name so yeah but then you have another one so tell us a little bit about what you can tell us
2: yeah about future books so i um did a little bit of a like on my own i just sneakily put my um second romance title natural disasters into my like bio and and website and so that is my it hasn't been officially released yet or anything like that um, so this is kind of just more of a, a sneak peek, but it's the follow-up to fool me once. And so we're back in what my, my editor and I call the stoner verse, um, which is Lee Stone's universe. <laughs>
1: oh my um, gosh. I love that.
2: Yeah. And this is Alexis's love story, her younger sister, oh. who, if you've, you know, read the book, you know, l- you know, listeners then you know, she gets kind of the shaft.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> in this, in yeah. Fool me once. So she needs her own happy ending. And it was just so much fun to go back because I wrote Fool Me Once in 2020. Um and so it's been a been a little while. And it was so much fun to go back into the Stonerverse and <laughs> to write from Alexis's point of view and see Lee and Ben again. And then um Alexis's love story is a fake dating trope. Love story. And that was like, a, it's a new recent favorite of
1: mine in rom coms. And I had so much fun writing it. That's so oh my awesome. God. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but when Lee had her moment outside the restaurant with Lexus's boyfriend, I was like, yeah. I think I audibly was like, yes. yes.
2: <laughs>
1: that makes me really
2: happy. There, I will say, I sent this to, I sent Pull Me once, um, originally titled Stoner. Um, two of my two of my cps who are just amazing women and one of them wrote back and she was like I'm sorry but I have to tell you it's like you've written me she's like I once punched well <laughs> I, I totally spoiled it but whatever she's like I too once punched a you <laughs> like, dragged away she's like thank you for the messy woman representation
1: in this but' yeah. like all for you oh my gosh I love that. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, can- i'm a protective older sister so i mean yes. my sister's husband is fabulous i love him but if something happened i think i would, i'd pull a lee mm-hmm. same
2: there that is the only thing that i think could ever bring me to violence is um in defense of a sibling
0: yeah for sure um and then you so what can you tell us about midnight Ooh. is the darkest hour i know that right. i i saw that you wrote that it's a love letter to Twilight and I kind of exploded inside because Twilight, it was like my life growing up. Like, yeah, I was just always so excited for each book to come out. I have the whole, I have every single book possible that has to do with Stephanie Meyer. So anyway, tell us more. Yes. So
2: this is my um, dark fairy tale, esque serial killer story set in a small town in Southern Louisiana, um, and which you're like, okay, where's the twilight in this? Um, (laughs) But what, so, and again, I'm writing it now, so this is me, like, talking about my vision for the book, and Mm -hmm. uh, as it unfolds, but what I want this book to be, and, like, what I intend for it to be, is an examination of girlhood, and so everything you said about your your deep love for Twilight, um, you know, I it resonates with me so much because I feel like that is so emblematic and the the intense love that um, people had, especially young women, had for Twilight, mm-hmm. um, and for you know the the characters in Twilight, like Edward and Jacob. Um, and the uh, the sheer amount of um, like skewering that of of that you know that became like a a, a mark of like declassé or a mark of someone who didn't who wasn't like literarily sophisticated or you weren't allowed to say that you know Stephanie Meyer Myers wrote good good stories oh, yeah. you know there was just there's just and that that's so typical of course because everything that women like especially young women is so frowned upon and and I was talking to a friend about this while I was getting my PhD and she was uh, because someone asked her she had taught elementary school um, for a few years before getting her PhD and they said like what's your favorite book and what did you love to teach the most and she said Twilight and so many people snickered because she taught you know an old enough grade to to read Twilight and so many people snickered at that and she said, "You know what? Listen to me. I was so hard to get my students to read, and when we read Twilight, every single person was engaged. Everyone was was so deeply into it. And she's like, it made a generation of readers. And yeah. you, there's so much power in that. Um, and I and so I've just been thinking about like my own girlhood and how I grew up as like an extremely emotionally intense young woman who was told constantly that how i felt and how much i felt was too much and not not the right sort of things mm-hmm. and i was you know placing my my love and my intensity in the wrong places and i needed to be controlled and restrained and like control and restraint are such watchwords for teenage girls yeah um And so just thinking about all of this, and I knew I wanted to write a story about a a girl growing into a a woman in this small, really Southern Baptist, um, Louisiana town who has grown up thinking there's one way to be good and one way to be a woman. Um, But she's also got this friendship with an outcast, like the town outcast. Um, who's kind of teaching her different things. And anyway, murders start to happen. And it's it, the the love letter to Twilight is the the kind of arc that this character has of realizing how everything she's been taught about how to control and channel her emotions um is in service of men and men's power. Um and yeah, systems that don't serve her at all. So there's like it's a it's my like burn down the system um, book too. Um, I'll stop
0: rambling about this book. That it sounds amazing. So happy because yeah, okay. um, I don't even know. Maybe it was episode one or two. Kayla and I talked about the books that sh- kind of changed our lives, and mine was Twilight. And it's funny that you say like it's sort of like an embarrassing, like it, it made me think, Oh, should I say this? Like, should I be honest about what my favorite, like what my favorite book growing up was? And that was, yeah, that book changed that made me a reader that book. So yeah, I had to be honest with everyone. Yeah. And (laughs) I, I and I'm the same way with gossip girl, like, (laughs) and
1: gossip girl's another one. It's Embarrassing. Who wants to say their favorite book growing up was Gossip Girl? It's the same type of, oh, that's like totally something like that the girls like, you know, and for mm-hmm. the girls. And yeah, I think and I that's why. You. That's yeah. why
2: it feels shameful. It's because it's what the girls like.
1: Yes, yes. And I think I messaged you when I read in my dreams because I said this kind of gives me like da- dark, Gossip mm-hmm. Girl vibes, like yeah. the group of these like privileged kids, and. I was like, oh, I hope she's not offended. Like, even writing that to you, I was like, oh, I hope she's not offended by that.
2: Mm-hmm. I, the, okay, this is, I'm so happy we're talking about this because I will also say part of the thing that kept me from being a writer for a long time, like those 10 years, is because I kept trying so hard to write like literary fiction, like the male, esteemed male, like literary fiction writers that I studied in college. Yeah. And this persisted throughout my graduate school. Like getting my PhD was, a, was on, on the one hand great and it taught me so much of course, but I was immersed in like old white men writing or mm-hmm. even hip young white men still yeah. Um, yeah. writing. And cause you know, they're, they're already part of the canon. And I kept trying to make my voice fit that or be that. And it was so frustrating and I couldn't do it. Um, and it wasn't until I just said, no, like don't be ashamed of your voice. Don't be ashamed that it's feminine. Don't be ashamed that you're interested in, you know, like um, f- like female serving institutions like sororities and, and like the private lives of women. And, you know, including gossip and romance, like, it just, it took me so long to break those shackles. Mm -hmm. And I would have told you during that time that I was, like, a very open-minded person who didn't have a lot of shame, but I had it all so much buried. Yeah. Um, So, anyway, yeah.
0: This this is is very therapeutic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That book is about. Oh my gosh. I cannot, I can't wait for either of them. Um, so how does it work then? So you're, how far are you through writing that? And you were going to talk a little bit about how it works when you haven't finished a book and yeah, yeah, I don't even know where you're
2: at. (laughs) Did my editor send you to ask me that question?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's the word count?
0: (laughs) Yeah. How many
2: words? How many pages? um yes i so i sold um midnight originally titled make a beast of yourself i've never had a single title that has survived (laughs) Um, so i guess i'm really bad at titles but i i that was a i sold that on 80 pages and a synopsis and so now i'm at like maybe double that like 160 pages Mm -hmm. um it'll probably be roughly the length of housewife which It's like 380 or Mm -hmm. like right under 400 so a little longer than dreams um and so basically i'm like eh, almost halfway through um and it's that that, the process i think it's it's so interesting because as a new writer you have to write your entire book before you can send it off to anyone to try to sell it Mm -hmm. um and and so i did that for dreams and this is my you also when you're switching genres have to write a whole the whole book to kind of prove to new editors that you um are capable of pulling it off but there's this cool trick that once you become established in a genre it turns out that all you need is synopsis and a little sliver of a book and people will buy that book just based on that um And I thought how cool and how game-changing for me that I won't have to like spend so long writing a book. And then it turns out that the pressure of selling a book before I've written it is just (laughs) messing with my head so much.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask that because then it becomes like this thing you have to, you have to finish it. Right. So yeah, that's gotta be a little stressful. Yep. That, I mean, it's not, and it's not just the deadline. The fact that it's due, you know, by a certain time,
2: and it's yeah. not at my own pace, which of the other books have been for the most part. Um, it's also like starting to talk about it, and just having the weight of expectations yeah. that a lot of other people know about it um, is is like crowding my brain. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That so. totally makes sense. We're we're your biggest cheerleaders, so if you ever really <laughs> need it out, you know. Um, Thank so- you yeah that sounds that sounds intimidating for sure so
2: um, yeah, oh. other
0: other writers I, I will figure
2: it out other writers do it so well and like do it all the time and so this is me just being like still a baby writer and <laughs> like my first my first um she says
0: having like three books <laughs> it's still still um it's still like still yeah there are some people that like write so many books I don't know how they well we talked to Christina Lauren Christina and Lauren the other day um yeah. oh that's exciting so many yeah and they, they write wonderful. so many books and we were just like wait you're right you're writing two books at once so I guess you are as well sort of like you know
2: I'm actually I only do one at a time well I I can draft and edit two books at the okay. same time um, so as long as like, for some reason, those are very different parts of my brain. Um, mm-hmm. and so I'm able to do two at the same time in that way, but for the most part, and I know it seems like I might even be putting out books fast, but I'm actually kind of writing them on a typical schedule it's, it was just that I wrote in my dreams in 2019 and it just came out in 2021. Mm-hmm. So like I've written kind of a book a year, um, and they're just weirdly all coming out close to each other. So it looks yeah, like I'm just it like, like, you've done um, so many. Like,
1: yeah. I'm just tossing books out one after the other. Um, That's amazing. I can't even read two books at the same time. I tried to do it once and I got so frazzled. <laughs> I can't either. I really can't. Nicole can't Nicole listens to a book. reads a book has one on her Kindle. She has like all these books going up. I don't know how she does it. I want to steal your brain. Please
0: it's lend it to a me. It's different. It's like when you're watching a show and reading a book. Like to me, an audiobook is like a show. And then I'm reading a book. I'm not doing it. At, if I could do that at the same time, I'd be a whole different type of person. I don't think that exists. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I'll get ready in the morning. I'll listen to my audiobook because I can't physically read while I'm in the shower. That would be. I mean, I wish I could do that, but, um, but yeah, I think that's what it is. Like, I'm not listening to it in the same way that I'm like reading a book. So (laughs) I'm not special.
2: (laughs) No, that makes sense. And a lot of writers, me included, like, um, there's a point where I've looked at the manuscript on my laptop for so long that I have to send it to myself as a Kindle book. And suddenly just the fact of looking at it on a Kindle feels mm-hmm. like it lights up different parts of my brain. And I'm like, oh, um, I see all the mistakes that I have not edited out
1: yet. Thank God. <laughs> my gosh. That's a yeah. good tip. Pro tip right there, everyone.
0: That yeah. was for free. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you hear them deal. out loud. So that's another way to like, I remember yep. in school when we were younger, we had these little pipe things. So you'd like speak into it and then you could hear your own voice come up to your, did you guys have that? no. no. I've never heard of this. <laughs> um. So when I was younger, I think, I don't know how I'm not going to ask you how old. No. Okay. So when I was younger, it was like the, it was like this white thing and you would speak into it. It would go directly into your ear so that when you were done writing something, you could hear yourself say it out loud and you wouldn't interfere with all the other kids in the classroom. And it was a great way Whoa. to edit. So that like, I'm a writer for fun. I have not done anything with anything, um, but I always read it out loud because I can't like I can't edit without doing that for some reason, and I think it comes from when I was a little kid. So I'm so fascinated by this. Also,
1: very excited that you're now. I want to ask you everything about what you're writing. is um, <laughs> a good writer, and she was Nicole. You have something published, so don't be so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little short story. I'm <laughs> so modest over here. Being yeah. Too
0: modest. What do you, can I ask you what you write? And or, oh. I don't
2: want to like go into anything you don't want to talk about.
0: No, 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 no. We can talk about it. So I'm like slowly releasing. I've taken a little bit of a break because I've, I'm really enjoying this podcast. I'm also in school. So I only have so much time and I'm also a mom. Um, But <laughs> I've been writing like short segments of my grandmother's love story um she moved from she moved from Italy to the north end in Boston um and like when she met her husband they wrote like letters to one another and it's just like such a sweet like I don't know it's so different and it's something like so classic that you wouldn't even think is real but this is really what they did their first kiss was when they got married like on the all. Oh my gosh.
2: So, it's just such well, for, it. I'm I'm so hooked. Are you fictional like are you fictionalizing
0: it or are yeah. you kind of just put Okay, gotcha. I'm going to fix Yeah, cuz I Yeah. Um and then I was thinking of like bringing my mom's story into it as well because she grew up and actually like the Irish were kind of against the Italians when she was growing up, so she had okay. to deal with that and she also had to deal with like sneaking out because her mom was so strict and there's just so much to talk about between the two generations um I have talked about telling like some of my personal stuff too to make it like three generations and my husband's like no (laughs) (laughs) I do not want to be put into a book no no (laughs) so I
2: love uh, that like a multi-generational um drama almost now I'm like putting it forcing (laughs) you into different genres no that sounds that sounds amazing
0: yeah so slow and steady I'm hoping to get more time to work on it once I'm done with school so
2: we'll see I mean
0: getting those words on the page even if no at whatever pace
2: is like yeah everything yeah
0: I'm slowly releasing like little scenes on substack um so it's been kind of fun but are you getting like a cool reactions from people and like getting to talk
2: about it. That's, I love that part of being a writer.
0: Yeah. I think there's like 50 or so people that follow it. I haven't, I have to post more. You're, you're like making me think, okay, I should probably put more scenes down (laughs) right now. It's kind of just scene by scene because that's how I'm thinking of it. And I'm playing with some of the tenses and stuff like that. So we'll see where it goes, but that's awesome. Yeah.
2: I am intrigued
0: and hecked. (laughs) <laughs> can't wait to hear her. yeah it's been fun because I'm recording my grandmother and then I'm writing out like the scenes in a fictional way so it's it's nice I get to like keep her voice and her recordings too so it's been pretty cool
2: and and okay so she and she's like very she's happy with this project
0: yeah. and okay. Oh. She loves she loves talking about herself, so she loves anyone. She's been waiting all her
2: life for someone to make her into. She literally
0: is like, so how's the book? And I'm like,
2: okay, (laughs) hold on. You're like, so I'm doing great. No, no, no. How's how's my 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 (laughs) star
0: project? Exactly. So yeah, that's a little bit about that. But back to you, since (laughs) you are our guest, um, we tend to ask all of our guests a few like questions. And we'll go on to those. So do you have any authors that inspire you? Mm. Definitely Eliza Jane Brazier,
2: as we were kind of talking about a little bit before. Um, and she inspires me because when I, I mean, both her books, but when I read Good Rich People, I was just immediately floored by that book yeah. and how different and fresh it felt like the, the I within the first few pages I was just like oh my gosh this is a writer who is taking risks and that's that is a scary thing to do as a writer and it's like her writing style and the way she chose to kind of tell that story is risky um, just because it's kind of like non-traditional and it's there's a chance that it might not appeal to everyone but she committed to it so fully so from like one artist to another that's that i find that to be just like so incredible and admirable Mm -hmm. so that she makes me feel brave like i can take creative risks too when i read her work um and i this whether i don't know if this is weird or not but the the writers that inspire me the most and whose work i return to literally on a weekly basis to recharge my brain are all poets um so I don't read a ton of fiction to, um, learn from it. Mm -hmm. Um, not to say there isn't a ton to learn from like everyone, other writers, but just that I tend to really read for, try to read for pleasure and Mm -hmm. not like engage that writer critic brain. Um, when I read fiction, but when, when it comes to poetry, it just like Richard Sykin, Terrence Hayes, Mary Oliver, who I I know I threw a lot of shade at in in my dreams, Um, but (laughs) she is one of my favorite poets um, of all time. Mm -hmm. And her her poem, Wild Geese, is an inspiration for this next book, uh, Midnight. So I just like the relationship that poets have to language, Mm -hmm. like their ability to make language feel foreign and their ability to like describe something and nail it so perfectly and make you feel so like you never would have thought that that's how to describe it but as soon as you read it you're like this is I felt that Mm -hmm. um and now I feel known and seen um that to me is like the greatest gift writing gives and for some reason I find a lot in poetry but it's what I'm trying to do with my fiction too so um, that's why I keep going back to those people and their writing
0: that's so cool and so different I love that yeah that's amazing
1: and now that you're saying that I really do feel like poetry has this ability to really like hone in and capture a moment yeah yes yeah I do I see that in your writing too I can yeah. now I'm like putting all the pieces together yeah Definitely. oh well that's, that's like
0: that. too good a compliment <laughs> I'm not gonna be <laughs> I can't handle that I I'm definitely feel a lot of it
1: so <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, so you said you know you read a lot of poetry. Um but is there any book that you've read recently that, you know, your it's like a favorite book or anything that you would suggest to some of our listeners? Oh my gosh. So, I just finished um Amanda
2: Jayatissa's upcoming book You're Invited. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's so she was a debut last year like I was. Um and her debut was called My Sweet Girl and it got like a ton of buzz it I think it's up nominated for one of the big crime fiction awards this year yeah. um and just so good um and I really enjoyed that book and so I got the chance to read You're Invited Early and so it's it's, it's her sophomore book and mind-blowing I love it so much wow. it's so smart um it is being described perfectly as crazy rich Asians meets Lucy Foley because it is I know <laughs> it, is, it takes place in Sri Lanka and it is like set in the like elite world of like kind of the wealthy the wealthy folks in Sri Lanka um, and the premise is that a our main characters ex-boyfriends like love of her life um he she discovers, finds out one day that he is getting married to her ex-best friend and the news like hits her like, uh, you know, a punch in the gut. And then yeah. she, so she goes to the wedding to stop it. And then the bride ends up going missing. And so it's it, <laughs> it, it, like, that is, that is like just the premise and it gets so much wilder from there. Um, yeah. And there's, so there's a sub-genre of crime fiction that I like to call hot girl murder. Um, and I, I I like to think that I write in it um, too, but this is the, like, such a perfect hot girl murder book. It's like hot, cool women doing dangerous things and, you know, um, in cool settings. And um, yeah, it's really, really good. So that comes, I think the book comes out, I want to say like August 9th in, in August for sure. Okay. So good. I'm I'm
0: totally pre-ordering. That's (laughs) that's such a being in Kayla type of, type of book. That's crazy. Yeah. You need this book. I'm,
2: and I'm going to post on about it soon. Um, once, once I like have written enough words in my own (laughs) document (laughs) and I'm out of my (laughs) self-imposed Instagram jail.
0: You should see when you're like, when you post something on Instagram, it's like immediate, Kayla and I are like, did you see what she posted? And the other day when you posted about like your new books, we were like freaking out. So
1: I was trying to work. Nicole's sending me screenshots, all capitals. (laughs) It's twilight in all caps. I'm like,
2: (laughs) that makes me so happy. Also, I didn't like twilight plays a literal role in the book that I didn't really like talk too much about. So I will also say that I know I went off on like, it's about girlhood, how girlhood's constructed, (laughs) but there's, it's also
1: literally in the book. So should probably lead with that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I can, my gosh. So amazing. So the next book that we can expect out from you is the last housewife. Um, When does that come out? What's the date? August, August 16th. Okay. So August 16th. Nice. So everyone should pre-order because if we haven't
0: sold you on it by now <laughs> <laughs> yes, and where like, can people, yeah. It's like, like I've never, okay. I haven't even done drugs before, but I feel like <laughs> reading this book is like, I am doing drugs. Like I have to keep reading it. I can't even focus on my normal life. So I don't know what's going to happen when I'm done with it. Um, but <laughs> Uh, this is music to my ears. I know.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. This is just wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> um, yes, my cult revenge thriller. Yes. Um. Yes. Uh, oh, and you can find it anywhere. Bookshop.org. Your local indies, hopefully, should be there, um, and
1: of course, like Barnes and Noble and Amazon and and elsewhere. Your big retailers. That's amazing. And then where can people find you on social media? What's the best place for people to find you?
2: Yes. I am always on Instagram. Um, (laughs) And uh, I'm at Ashley Winstead books on Instagram. I am very infrequently on Twitter, um, but I'm just at Ashley Winstead there. And then my website is just AshleyWinstead.com. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. This is like such a dream
0: realized Seriously. Oh thank you both so <laughs> much. It's such a pleasure. Oh, well, um best of luck with writing the rest of your book and um yeah, yeah we're very excited, but we won't put too much pressure on you cuz you're amazing, but don't worry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That's so nice. Um I will I'll keep you guys updated in our DMs on how it's going. All
0: right. All right. The, yes, and thank you for answering our DMs because not everyone does that. So we
1: Jerks. love. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. Well, thank you and have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. Bye. Happy weekend. Bye. 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 Bye.